What the Health with Gabby Allen on FUBAR Radio. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Gabby Allen, and you may know me, first of all, from Love Island back in the day, in 2017, the golden years of the show. But hopefully some of you know me for being a fitness enthusiast and personal trainer. But either way, welcome to the show, What the Health. We are here to talk about the well, the world of health and fitness and support you through your fitness journey. So each week I'll be joined by a range of guests to dissect the latest fitness trends, separate facts from myths and give you advice on how to achieve your health and wellness goals. So what's coming up on the show? We are going to be joined by the incredible celebrity fitness trainer, Dan Roberts. And we're also going to be getting some amazing nutrition advice from the hugely educated Rhiannon Lambert. I can't wait to talk to her. She is AKA Retrition, so you might have heard of her too. But first of all, answering your fitness questions is the gorgeous Isabella Murray. She's going to be joining me to debunk some of the biggest fitness myths out there. She actually does this on her Instagram. I actually love her content. She debunks myths all the time. So, of course, it makes sense to get her on the show today. So, welcome. How are you, Isabella? Oh, Thanks for having me. It's exciting. Yay. Yeah, I'm good. A bit cold, but I'm good. I've got my thermal, I mean, so I'm all set. Honestly, it is yeah. bloody freezing outside. Um, okay, so, first of all, how did you get into health and fitness? When did it start for you? It started kind of by force. Oh, really? Yeah, not not like anyone forced it on me, but I was at uni and um, I needed a job because, you know, I mean, life's a bit hard. And there was a student role where it was marketing, but it was fitness related to get people into sports. And I um, got the job, came to the training session, everyone was in the fitness gear, and I came in a peplum top, because back then it was still kind of low-key Oh my God, remember them? <laughs> yeah, 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 they're coming back in fashion. And I was wearing skinny jeans, and I was like, why is everyone in fitness gear, and I'm in this peplum top, what's going on? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, and we had to do like a, um, a community qualification, so that's why everyone's in fitness gear, and I didn't know, no one told me. Um, but yeah, part of the job, you got a free gym membership and they were like to me, you know, if you're going to be promoting fitness, you've got to be doing fitness. And I was like, yeah, I was like, you know what? I'm wearing fitness clothes probably. Yeah, I was like, fair enough. I was <laughs> like, I'm good at my job, so I don't feel like I need to do it. Like I know what to do, but I was like, fair enough. Yeah. Okay, I love that. I'll give fitness a go. Do you know what I mean? I can market anything. It's fine. And look um, at you now. Exactly. And then got sick, didn't do anything for a while. And then around, um, just before COVID, I was like, right, cool, let me do all these ab workouts. I'm trying to get a flat stomach, mm. thinking that I could spot reduce that kind of fat, but I couldn't. And I was doing these workouts 24 seven and I just wasn't losing body fat. And I was just a bit like, what's going on? Oh, I must be the problem. I must be disordered or something. And then I learned that was wrong. So I thought I'll go do my qualifications, level two and level three, and then teach people. Cause I don't want anyone to feel the way that I did. When you look online, see these pictures of people's before and afters, but I didn't know people would edit it. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, face thinking, Yeah, and I was start thinking that I was the problem. So I was like, I can't let anyone else feel that way. I love that. Yeah. So that must be where the um, Mythbuster came, came into it. Yeah. So in this segment, we are gonna be debunking all sorts of myths with you. So the first one I wanna talk to you about is this 75 hard challenge. Yeah. It's like a TikTok sensation at the moment. You know what? I'm going to be honest. I've considered it, but I just don't know whether I'd actually be able to do it. It's like five things a day, isn't it, or something. So it is pretty extreme. And even for someone like me that considers myself pretty fit, what would you say about this trend? Okay, so um, I had to research it because when I hear stuff like this, I ignore it immediately because I'm like, oh, I won't be for it. But I was so you like, hadn't heard of it before? No, well, I hasn't heard of it, but I didn't know exactly what consisted okay, yeah, of yeah. it. So I researched it, and apparently to do 75 hard, you need to do two 45-minute workouts every day. Mm -hmm. Mad. Um, <laughs> drink a gallon of water every day, read 10 pages of a book, and take progress pictures every day. You yeah. know what? I have to... I think that the the walking you can actually do walking as one of the forty five minute oh, workouts okay, cool. apparently, but it's the reading one that I couldn't do. Yeah. <laughs> what would you think? What would you say would be the hardest thing to do? I mean, for me, it's the reading because I don't I don't really read. <laughs> um, I can read. I just, I just don't read. Um, but but do you think it's a good challenge for people to start their fitness journey as like for in the new year? Maybe for those more experienced, but. As something, someone brand new going into their fitness yeah. journey, what do you think? If you're going to be, so with the four points, I've got issues with a few of them, right? So with the first one, uh, it's like zero alcohol, zero cheat meals. Yeah, cool, fine. I mean, everyone can do that for a short period of time. But 
classifying things as cheat meals is something I don't agree with because mm-hmm. then you're just classing things as good and bad. Yeah. Um, but if you teach moderation, that'll be fine. So that fine, we can let it go because you're saying no alcohol and you're saying it's going to pick more nutrients-dense meals. So fine, I can let that go. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And the next one is 2.45 minutes and you're saying one of them could be walking. It's fine. I'm a bit concerned what people might do with the other one. Because mm. um, when you go on TikTok, everyone's weightlifting. So you might be thinking, well, you should be weightlifting. So if you're weightlifting every single day yeah. for 75 days, yeah. how's your muscles going to recover? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people don't think about that because they're thinking about, oh, I have to do 75 or I would have failed at it when that isn't the case. Yeah. So I do have an issue there, concern about recovery periods and how intense you go, especially if you go and give a strong motivation, you're probably going to like lift to failure on the first day and then you grab doms on the next yeah exactly days, and you're just gonna be forcing yourself through it when you could be causing damage they th- i think with this they should probably give you kind of a bit of a breakdown and be like yeah. you basically if you go for two 45 minutes walks a day on your rest days that exactly. still counts yeah. but as you said there might be people that are like you know oh that means i've got to do 45 minutes of strength training and then 45 minutes of cardio every single day and they're gonna end up like with injuries and exactly. all sorts yeah, yeah. um and another trend that I've seen is promoting green juices as a way f- to, you know, improve your gut health and reduce bloating. I, you know what? I haven't heard about green juice promoting since back in the day. Do you remember what was it? Um, juice, juice plus. Yeah, yeah. Did try and it. All, and I did try it, guys. And, and yeah. <laughs> it was it was one of those where I was drinking like three shakes a day instead of eating. And then after about three days, I probably didn't even last that long. I just ended up eating everything, like mm. binging, because it was just not, it was not doable. It wasn't healthy or sustainable yeah. at all. So now it's like kind of, I mean, that's a bit of a di- different approach. But what do you think about promoting green juices for gut health? Do you think there's another way that you can do it, which is healthier and more, as I said, sustainable? Yeah, so with these um, powdered greens that you see in the saying it's for gut health and it solves all the problem, what it is, is a little bit of fiber and some um, saying some live bacteria in it. But the reality is there isn't enough research out there to suggest that the live bacteria actually reaches the gut alive. So they can't actually guarantee that it has any benefit for you. If you want good gut health, the basics you need to do is have 30 grams of fiber a day for an adult, build it up slowly, and um, have about 30 plant points a week. So that means in your food, try and have like some olive oil, some seasoning, like coriander even ca- counts as a plant. You can have all the fruit and veg. If you have 30, this is all fiber and this adds diversity to the gut and it helps to build good bacteria in the gut. Amazing. So that's what you need to do. And if you're struggling to hit the 30, then fine, maybe have a green juice here and there. It will just give you about, max I've seen is five uh, grams of, of uh, fiber, but that's it. If your goal was 30 and you're relying on the green juices, you're gonna have to down a lot of green juices, so you might as well use it. And different as, ones as well. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So you might as well just use it as a supplement if you really, really wanna do it. But if you if you think about your foods and aim for 30, you will find yourself having 30 grams of fiber a day, and that with the diversity will solve mo- most of people's gut health issues. So basically, it's a marketing thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know, if you can market health and you can put supplements, they'll market anything, because it's low price point, high profit margins. Is there any myths I mean, you obviously know so much about that one that I'm like, okay, so that must annoy you. Is there any other like myths that really frustrate you when you see them? You're like, oh, I just want to shout from the rooftops, ignore this crap. Um, It kind of links to the 75 hard. It's the one about the gallon of water every day because it can lead to water poisoning. And I don't think a lot of people know this. What? Yeah, yeah. Water poisoning? What, you basically drown yourself? Yeah, see, my London's coming out. (laughs) (laughs) She's annoyed about it. Yeah, when I get frustrated, I'm like, oh yeah, that's well mad. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, so you'll see it on like TikTok, doing hot girl, be healthy, 2024, you need to have like two to three liters of water a day or a gallon of water a day. for the NHS Eat Well Guide, you need six to eight cups of fluid a day. That can even be juices, tea, coffee, that all counts as fluid. Mm. So imagine you're doing all of that, then you add in all these liters of water, you're gonna dilute your electrolytes. And as a fitness trainer, you know the importance of yeah. the electrolytes. And if you dilute it too much, you're gonna get nausea, dizziness, you're gonna be fainting, mm. and that isn't something you want. And also your body will start failing because it doesn't have enough electrolytes in the body. Um, so when I hear people saying they're drinking a gallon of water, I'm like, is that all you're drinking? Or are you drinking everything else and a gallon of yeah. water? Because your water intake should be based on your height, age, gender, weight, what activity you're yeah. doing, your environment. It's not as simple as everyone down in 
a gallon of water. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I think the water thing for me is, as a trainer, a lot of people that I come across don't drink any water at mm. all. They just drink coffee and tea all day. Yeah. And then maybe have like a Coke or, you know, things like that. So I always encourage people to drink two liters of water a day just yeah. because it's like, most people often don't reach that mark, but at least mm. they have the, you know, the push to do yeah. it. But um, it's interesting that you say that if they're, the NHS recommendation is a, yeah. a certain amount of fluid rather than water. Yeah, it's fluids, yeah. Because we don't hear about that a lot. Exactly. Hmm. Um, I actually had water poisoning a couple of years ago. And what did it feel yeah. like? Did you? It was, I actually have footage of me <laughs> on my phone on it because my doctors didn't believe me what was going on because they kept scanning my brain. You'll have like, to send me it later fine. and I'll put it on the show. <laughs> if you go on What the Health Later, guys, you will see it on story oh no i might have to quickly <laughs> put a filter on um but yeah no like i literally was um i was working for the nhs at the time and i was working in london i was commuting uh from birmingham to london and i was just fainting fainting it was really weird like we had an away day everyone was there and i was like oh my god i don't think i could get back to birmingham okay That's crazy. like i was fainting then at my desk i'll just be like dozing off like this this it is was, crazy like the adverse effects of too much water yeah. okay so what would your top tips for anyone looking to, rather than doing the 75 hard, let's yeah. sack that off, throw that out the window. What are your top tips to getting healthier and kickstarting your fitness this year? And how, yeah, how would you get going? Yeah, um, if you find something you like, just focus on that. You don't need to worry about what's best for fat loss or what's best for this and that. Just find something you like because you're more likely to be consistent. Even if that's trampolining, if, even if that's jumping on your kid's trampoline, that's cool, that's fitness, that's great. Yeah. Do that, as long as you're consistent, it's all good. So just find something you love um, and don't listen, don't listen to all of the TikTok girlies, <laughs> respectfully, don't listen to all of them. Just listen to what your body needs. If you're thirsty, drink the water. Uh, drink what you need and just find something you love because you'll be more consistent and you'll enjoy it and you won't hate yourself for it. Here, here, yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Isabella. Right, Make sure you check her out on Instagram because she debunks loads more myths and she's going to be showing us that video as well. <laughs> but it was a pleasure having you on today's show and so um, I'll see you soon. Thank you. Don't be drinking too much water. Yeah, I'm all right. Okay, so moving on from our myth busters, I want to talk to you about my favorite exercise this is my exercise of the week and we're gonna go in easy enough with the plank because do you know how many people in the world don't know how to do a plank properly there's a lot of them there's a lot of them so first of all the plank is a full body exercise okay and you can do it from between 10 seconds to i mean i think the old, the longest plank is like four hours long obviously i don't expect people to be doing that don't try that at home but the plank is a full body exercise, as I said, it works your core, it works your arms, it works your legs, and it's a great one that you can use to really build up your endurance and get stronger with it. So I would like everybody to try and hold at least one 30 second plank whilst you're listening to this podcast. I'd like you to hold a 30 second plank for me and see how that feels in the body. And if you can go longer, go longer. But if not, take a break and then maybe do another one. I want three sets whilst you're listening to this show today. And you know what? This should be the exercise that you add into every single one of your workouts across the week because it is something that you can do that isn't going to fatigue you particularly, but it's something that you can really work on building the endurance, building the full body endurance and strength. And it's about mental, resi mental resilience as well. So it's not just working your body, it's working your brain because I don't know about you, if you've done a plank before, seconds go so slowly. So it's about building your strength physically, mentally, and of your soul. So on that note, I will see you after the break. Coming up, we have Dan Roberts, the most amazing celebrity personal trainer. I can't wait to speak to him. See you soon. Fubar Radio presents Access All Areas. We have got the lovely money from The Apprentice. Lord Sugar's pretty big on Twitter, isn't he? And I know he has, he, I mean, he's a big blocker. You get blocked quite easily by, by Lord Sugar. Um, do you find you're able to have quite a frank and deep, good conversation with him? No, I think criticism is a very different thing, though, to having those honest conversations. And I mm -hmm. think he does respect transparency and honesty and upfrontness. Um, but as my mum always says, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Every Wednesday from 6pm, Fubar Radio. It's the start of the year and the start of this new show. So this week's theme is going to be New Year, New Me. There might be some of you starting to 
looking to start your fitness journey or you might be in the middle of it. Wherever you are, I'm here to help and support you get strong and healthy. And joining me today now is Dan Roberts, celebrity personal trainer and founder of the Dan Roberts Group. Hello, Dan. Are you there? Hello, Gabby. Yeah, I'm here. How, How are, are you? you? I'm great. How are you? It's good. It's been a while since I've seen you. Oh, my God. He remembers. <laughs> oh, my God. So before I went on the show, I was like, he's not going to remember me. But I, I met him about eight years ago when, I, when we were um, doing methodology at Block. Yeah. And um, I was like, he's not going to remember me. And you do? Oh, I'm flattered. I do. You're very hard to forget. Oh, I love You're that. Bundle of energy. Thank you <laughs> nice so much. You. It's nice to see you too. Um, I don't, is me- are you still working with Block or not? No, that was just like a temporary thing, just trying stuff out. We now yeah. have Methodology X classes all over the world, actually. Yeah, I know. I saw. You've absolutely killed yeah. it. Well done, you. <laughs> and I remember, I was actually, I actually enjoyed it as well. I thought I was good at it. So maybe that's why you remember me because I basically was your guinea pig and you know, you saw it worked on me. <laughs> so anyway, we are gonna start with some quick fire questions today, if you okay. are up for it, just to, you know, raise the energy. Give me three words to describe yourself. Wow. Um, if you can. Uh, okay, great. Uh, one, I didn't know this was live, so thanks for springing this on me. <laughs> okay, I'll go for- um, Spontaneous. For yeah. I'm very lucky. Uh, throughout my career, I'll say that. Uh, Love that. Secondly, um, I'm quite, I'm quite all or nothing, which isn't a good thing, but it's it can be. Talk about it later, yeah, 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 it yeah, yeah. Be, it can be, but I'm quite all or nothing. And thirdly, um, I think I'm quite kind, and I quite like that. I try to be nice to people. Yeah, that's good. I would yeah, say you're kind as well. That. Oh, thank you. From remem- from remembrance, if Wait that's a second. the word. You can't just ask me and then, well, how about you? Three words, go. Oh, God. Um, it's tough, isn't it? Yeah. Uh... Not nice, is it? Being put on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I would say energetic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? Also, all or nothing. But I think that kind of goes hand in hand with an energetic as well. Like, I am bouncing off the walls or I'm like horizontal, don't talk to me kind of vibes. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd also say, um, I was going to say grateful, but that's not really explaining me, is it? Um, basically, well, I would also say kind of like lucky, you know, I'm very, um, I'm great. Well, yeah, grateful is in like, I'm grateful for what I've got so far like with my yeah. career as well you know since i've met you my life has completely changed um yeah. and yeah, and then also i would probably say as i said about you but like spontaneous like i like doing new things i like trying new things i would if someone said to me tomorrow do you want to go to bloody you know vietnam for a week i'd be like yeah sod it let's just go or like you know try new things with just like on the weekend i, I went to a museum on christmas day this year it's a bit of a random one because we were in Amsterdam and it was just we didn't have anything to do. I was like, you know what? Let's just go. Let's go and do go to a museum and it was amazing. And now I think that's my new tradition. So, okay. yeah. So, or maybe okay. another word for me is a bit random, <laughs> a bit yeah, nuts. Yeah. I, think, I think yeah, I think we can agree. With that. <laughs> okay. So, which is your favourite upper or lower body day? I don't split my training like that. Full body days I'm, for you because I'm not a bodybuilder. Okay. I think, it's, I think it's kind of an old school way of looking at things. Okay. Um, I, I do like for myself and clients, we tend to do various different types of movements mm-hmm. and movements are the natural athletic movements involve upper body and lower body. Mm-hmm. So uh, sorry to. Um, no, that's fine. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't look at it that way. That's very useful if you're sculpting your body like a bodybuilder. Yeah. In terms of day to day being fit and athletic and capable. You take more uh, of a 360. That's not the most effective way of thinking about it. Fair enough. Okay, so we'll get to that as well. Where, um, work out in the morning or evening? Morning, because Agreed. life gets in the way, right? Like, stuff happens. So if I plan to do it in the evening, just life gets in the way. But first thing in the morning, it's done. Agreed. You know that energetic horizontal that I told you about? In the morning, I'm energetic. In the evening, I'm horizontal. So work out in the morning for me. 100%. I like training in the evening, but it's just... As you get older, stuff, you know. Stuff happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You it's have more responsibilities and stuff. And it's just, it's harder. So I always advise people just to get it done. Um, and then you've achieved something before you even start your work. Yeah. Day. And then it sets the momentum, like your yeah, output. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. What is your favorite song to work out to? Your workout anthem. Oh, okay. Show my age. 
So <laughs> oh. I'm in my I'm in my like mid to late forties. I grew up in I grew up in Manchester in the nineties or eighties and nineties. I was very lucky because that's a great music scene. And I, when I was like sixteen, seventeen, it was just when Oasis started, <gasps> and I used to go and see them regularly, like in little tiny clubs in Manchester. So for me, definitely, maybe the first Oasis album is my workout tune. Still. Go on, gives a gives like, a rendition. Hasn't evolved. Gives a rendition. I want to hear it. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> You were gonna do it. You considered it. I'm a I'm a fitness instructor. I'm not, I'm not personality. Okay, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Next time I see you, we'll get to that. Okay. And who is it, whoever? I mean, you've literally trained all the big stars. But mm-hmm. do you have a dream workout partner? Someone that you haven't trained yet, or someone that you would love to even train with yourself? Um. What is? You're right. I've been very lucky. I've trained all kinds of people. Literally, he's trained um, everyone. I've trained, I'd say, though, like 80% of the people I've trained in the recent years have been girls. And I wouldn't mind training with, like, a guy. Like, a. have trained with a few fighters when I used to fight, but... Um, you used sorry, to fight? What, like MMA? Thing. No, I used to be a Muay Thai fighter. I, was, I, was, um, I, I love Muay Thai. Thai. Maybe it was after I saw you. I don't know. I can't remember, but I've done a few. I'm old, so when you get old, you you do things. Right? You're not old. I mean, like, this light that well, you've got on you makes you look great. So, <laughs> where's that from? You need to send me the link. Yeah, I'm actually 75. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? I think someone like someone like Christian Bale, I'd like to work with. Yes. Someone, someone intense. Yeah. You know, so I've I've had a few of my friends have trade. I've I've worked with him, and. Um, Someone who's like just full on. Yeah. I like that. I think that would make me up my game as well. Because he's done um, big transformations for films and stuff before, hasn't he? Probably yeah, stuff that yeah. you've worked with with other people maybe for shows. Yeah. But he's done, what was that that one that he did where he had to lose lose so much Machinist. weight? Yes, that. He played an insomniac and he went down to like seven stone and the guy's normally like 12 stone. And straight after that, he had to do Batman. Yes. Uh, which surely that's but, not uh, good for you though to be going no. fluctuating like that no it's terrible for you he did it by having an apple and a cigarette a day that's not a good diet no so um, speaking of which like how how is your approach then to each individual like how do you coach into each individual star you know do you work with them for a while to well, see how their daily lives are or how do you get to know well, them and then when i'm working on films like with actors for films that's Do, what you mean yes or any yeah. any individual what is your approach to tailor to their specific requirements and needs well i think well first of all that's the whole point we're all unique right mm-hmm. no matter what we're training everyone's got like a reason to train be it for a film or a photo shoot or just to feel good so i think you have to first spend quite a bit of time really understanding people's motivations um and sometimes People might say their motivation is something, but it's actually something else. So you actually have to go a bit more in depth in yeah. finding out why people like why people want to get fit or lose weight or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. And then on top of that, I do think it's my role, and I I see this increasingly as I get more experience that it's also my role to kind of lead them a little bit. So mm-hmm. I t- tend to dedicate about 80 percent of my effort into their goals. And then I have my own own goals I want to achieve for my clients, which sometimes I tell them, sometimes I don't. And okay. for me, that's okay, like, kind of the bit I keep back and I, and I work on that. And it might be their body confidence. It might be their, it, it might be I really want them to learn how to do a pull-up or I want them to learn how to get into a good routine or have a better relationship with food. God knows. Yeah. But once I get to know someone, I do feel it's my responsibility to help them in the best way I can because I've done this for a very long time. So just pampering to their needs I think is a, is a little bit basic. I need to also inform them using my own experience yeah. of 30 years of being a coach. Okay, speaking of which, let's backtrack. Mm-hmm. How did you get into this? How did it start for you? I started when I was, I started when I was 16. I was, a sports, I was quite good at sports when I was mm-hmm. younger and I started off as a tennis coach when I was 16. Then I moved into, I was also quite good at lacrosse, random sport, but I used to play for England. Yeah, I used to play ago. lacrosse. Oh, cool. At school. Yeah, one of my first jobs was women's lacrosse coach at a school, randomly. Um, it's so then, fun, though. It's not played enough anymore, is it? No, Only in private in America. schools. Mm-hmm. I used to teach it in New York. I mean, I spent, like, the first five years of my career teaching sports, flipping between London and New York. Um, and that, that was it. I was just teaching sports. And then I was living in Australia, and I decided to do a course on fitness instruction because I, I liked training. I wanted to find out more about yeah. training my own body mm-hmm. better. 
and I didn't realize like personal training existed. I just didn't realize this was like, you know, late 90s. And now you can't get away from it, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't realize it was a thing. And then someone said, yeah, you can actually work with people one-on-one -on -one and they pay you. And so I was like, my God, I don't have to have a boss. Yeah. I can teach people how to get fit. I can hang out with people. And oh. I was in Australia. So I was like, my God, I can be on the beach and run with people and get paid. And it just seemed the most amazing job. And yeah. I was hooked. And that was a while ago. And I've just, you know, my career's obviously evolved like careers tend to do. But essentially, I've just been a fitness trainer since since like you know my early 20s yeah but listen you say you keep saying look but you're obviously doing something yeah. right you've worked with people and they've had great results and had such a wonderful experience with you that then you it's word of mouth right you've you people have talked about yeah, you and recommended particularly you with the kind of um the kind of the models and the, the sort of the actors and stuff i worked with it's very much word of mouth but i've, I've always i've always focused on being good at my job mm. like like having a brand or being well known or even making money didn't really interest me. Um, so my all my decisions were based on how can I be better for my clients? And I think if you do that every week, every month, every year, you're bound to have some good things happen yeah. to you if yeah, you focus yeah. on being good. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I was a bit kind of, I didn't really care about the other stuff. Uh, I think nowadays a lot of coaches are really savvy when it comes to branding and mm. you know they've got a book, they've got a podcast, they've got everything, mm. but they've only been doing it for like two years. It's yes. like, so it's like, uh, yeah, I, th I think like, you're so like the OG time. though. You're the OG well, trainer. You don't need all that stuff. You that, you are just yeah. It's true though. I, I added it up a couple of years ago, and I was on thirty thousand hours of one to one training. So I feel I've put my hours in. <laughs> yeah. So I should kind of hopefully know what I'm doing, right? By thirty thousand. Well, yeah, hours. you bloody hope so. You I think so. you do know what so, you're uh, doing. Um, you, there is luck though, Gabby. You can't. I, I'm not just being like. Um, you know, like cute. There is a lot of luck in terms of how you get your first athlete, how you get your first kind of film star, how you get your first, uh, you know, Victoria's Secret model, whoever it may be. Mm. The first time someone kind of major trusts you, yeah, is a bit lucky. It's but, always a bit lucky, and then you then you do your job, job well, and then you get talked about, and then it's fine. Yeah, exactly. And first it's also time is luck. yeah, okay, fair enough. And I think also ha ha being confident in what you are you know offering you know you know the, your first person who was the first person you trained can you tell us uh first person was trade was in australia when i got qualified and i charged him five dollars an hour <laughs> <laughs> and it was terrible. oh my gosh I did, a jog, did some press-ups it was an atrocious session and now you're training victoria's secret models for god's sake well, <laughs> things have evolved a little bit yeah but, you don't say uh, mate but uh it wasn't bad though, you know. I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm in my little office. I'm cold because it's in London, and like I think aside from my career, I was on the beach. I don't know if things have progressed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it seemed quite nice back then. So, um, talking about celebrities, obviously we have an idea of people being divas and stuff. Do you ever like yeah. suffer with any celebrities? Do they ever give you a hard time or give you any resistance, and you know, don't want to do their own thing first of all, and it takes time to actually get into them. That's happened to me a couple of times, like early on, maybe like sort of 15 years ago. Mm. Um, less so now because it's in that kind of world, it, it tends, people tend to come from personal recommendations. Mm. So they kind of know what you're about. Um, and yeah. also you kind of give off a vibe before you even meet someone. People have to jump through a few hoops before they can, uh, hoops, hoops, before <laughs> they can meet me in terms of filling out forms and talking to people on my team. So there's a bit of a vetting process. So I kind of, you know that they're are. serious. They'll, okay. They still have to jump through hoops because if someone's like a big deal, probably in their little circle, they've got people telling them what a big deal they have. And I can't really have that. If the, someone's going to work for me, it has to be a 50-50 relationship. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. A mutual understanding. If they're super famous or if, they're, or if they're not famous, like it has to be equal. Yeah. Otherwise, there's not that mutual respect. So um, initially when I was younger and I first kind of met people who were very well known, it was like sometimes they would like maybe be a little bit bossy and mm. I didn't quite, initially I didn't quite know how to deal with it. And then I soon realized it's like, wait a second, just because you're more well known than me doesn't mean shit. This is my job. Yeah. You know? And then you made so, them sweat so super hard and you're like, take yeah. that bitch. But you learn very quickly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Once you like it's like teaching. Like you get people's respect first. Yeah. And then you worry about them liking you. But if you try to get people to like you all the time and you don't worry about the respect stuff, then the relationship goes south pretty soon. So um Fair enough. Yeah, I'll go for respect first. So Love yeah, that. Not on your question, but no, yeah, that, couple, no, that, that's it. Divas, but it's, you know what I found as well regarding like people in the public eye? 
now because of everyone's got social media everyone's doing like you know from interviews and stuff mm -hmm. and you can actually have a pretty good idea what people are like so yeah. i'm really surprised now when i meet people in parties or if they're, you know yeah. clients i'm like yeah that's exactly what i expected first impressions yeah yeah, yeah first impressions it, it's hard to hide now because everyone's so out there exposed yeah they are and True. Exposed. exactly yeah can i ask you um quickly so taylor swift um, I think she ran on a treadmill whilst banging out her, tune, her whole album, right? What... Yeah, that's been everywhere, hasn't it? People talking about that workout recently. Is there? I know you said that you don't do the upper, lower, blah, blah, but it, what's the craziest way that you do train someone to be that like athletic when they're performing? You know, because you train all sorts, actors, musicians. What is the craziest thing that you've done, if you can tell us? Craziest thing? To prepare um, someone. What do you mean by crazy? Like, you know, what? what's the craziest approach? Like, did you tell Taylor to get on a treadmill and sing all of her songs? Was it you? No, no, no. <laughs> you should that claim that one because everyone's no. bloody talking about it. No, um, it's the thing is everyone has, like, specific needs. Sometimes when you work with people and they've got random things, like I, I once worked with, um, years ago, years ago, I worked with Kevin Spacey when he was doing uh, a play in, a play for a year, Richard III, Shakespeare play, and he had to get, Obviously, the guy's not an athlete, but he had a year to get to get his body. Well, sorry, he had a year off performances. Oh. And I don't know if you know the play, but it's a really tough play to act because um, in it, Richard III is pretty much in all the scenes and it's a three hour play. Right. So it's a really tough on the body. And, the, you know, for anyone, normally people who tackle Richard III, it's a very difficult Shakespeare play. Mm. And normally they're not 21 fit. They're normally in their... Um, you know, like Anthony Shea, Martin Freeman did it a couple of years ago. They tend to be actors in their 40s and 50s yeah. and they're good, all right? They're not necessarily athletes. They're, yeah. they're act proper trained actors. And uh, Richard III is basically, he's, he's crippled, he's disabled. And to imagine like hunching over, like oh, completely yeah. hunched over in your yeah, back yeah. and trying to act three hours, six to eight, well, 10, to 10 performances a week, eight performances a week for a year in your 50s. So getting someone in shape for that requires some really weird kind of exercises. Yeah. But for example, if you're if you're going to have your hand like curled over one night, that's going to cause like within a week you're going to have massive cramp issues. So what of you do, you, you practice doing it one night one way, then the next night you do it the opposite Learning, way. Oh yeah. Finger exercises. Okay, and then how um, to release after the show? You know, yeah, like exactly. the more postural and things. Another example: I trained a guy who was world number two at Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, this Spanish guy. And he kept one of his weaknesses when we watched videos of him, he was looking with his coaches, we were looking at why he was number two, not number one. And he tend to lose concentration a little bit after about a couple of minutes. So incorporating in me doing his strength and conditioning, I also did some concentration exercises. Wow. So one of the things I did was I did, uh, I, um, I put some gloves on and I'm just quite softly, I was like punching him like in the face. He was a tough guy. So he, you know, <laughs> he could handle that. This is crazy. Um, I like this one. I was punching him. And while I was punching him, I got him to do mental arithmetic. Like, what's nine times 16? What's four times eight? You so are brutal. problem solved <laughs> while also under pressure. And then we did this for like 10 minutes. So as he got tired, he built up that, that ability to make good decisions when you're knackered and getting hurt. That isn't crazy. <laughs> because I don't do jujitsu. I couldn't, if I was good at jujitsu, I'd do that. But I know how to box. So I know how to punch yeah. him. So, so we did that. So that was quite interesting. But... Yeah, literally everyone, everyone you work with, if you really want to dial in and get make fantastic results, sometimes you end up doing weird stuff. And um, yeah, I mean, that is weird. But like fight scenes, you also do weird, intricate kind of like fight skills as well, which is cool. Like you spend hours and hours on like doing like a knife fight. Which yeah, but how exciting is that for you? You get to work on so many really? different things all the time. Like your job is just so fun. You get to meet. Yeah, no, I'm so, I'm so lucky. It's it's, the, it's it's really good fun, and I think it's why I've kind of stuck to personal training because it's quite. Um, you can make it as a career. You can kind of make it what you want. You can go into Pilates or nutrition or like I did. I went into like fight training and martial arts and movement training. Yeah, it's then there's no excuse to be bored. And also, yeah. all with all these different things that you now know, with doing the fighting and that too, you can incorporate these those in different ways to train. Or the like people that wouldn't be fighting but you know you can use boxing technique or something to get people fit well yeah um I literally i saw a client over zoom like uh three hours ago from um she's like a 52 year old lady from singapore 
and we did some Krav Maga techniques. Now, I don't think she's going to get any fights real soon because <laughs> she's like CEO of some big company over there. But how but amazing. It's fun. I mean, yeah. it's, it's important to, particularly as we age, it's important to do stuff to keep you young. Try, th try new things. Running, 100%. climbing, surfing. Lighting, I love that. Dancing. That's why That's... you look so young because you do everything. You do all these different things, <laughs> and the I'm light, older. the light, and yeah. all these different things. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm actually 26. <laughs> You're getting younger, <laughs> Dan. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute That's pleasure fine. seeing you again, speaking to you again. I really hope it's not the last it's time I see you. Seeing you, Gavin. Good luck with everything. You're a star. Thank I you so much. So are you. Hopefully, maybe all one right. day you can train me. Maybe. Maybe, maybe you can train me. Okay. Yeah. Fine. I'll do that. <laughs> Had the most amazing 2024, and I will see you soon. Lots of love. Thanks, Take care. Bye, bye bye. So, what an amazing chat. And we have another amazing chat coming up as well because we are going to be talking to Rhiannon Lambert, aka Retrition, who'll be joining me to talk about all things about healthy eating, nutrition, obviously. So, I will see you after the break. Fubar Radio presents. As handsome as you imagine. What did you have for breakfast that morning? Almost certainly a pie. For breakfast? Yeah, because we started really, really early, right? At the butchers. Yeah. We started proper early, that's yeah. like seven o'clock. I would have had at least six pies. A day? A day. That is a lot of pies. No, no, because we sold them at the shop. That is a legitimate answer to the question, who ate all the pies? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From 1pm every Monday... So joining me today now is Rhiannon Lambert, one of the leading nutritionists in the UK, otherwise known as Retrition. And we're going to discuss healthy eating and dispel some myths around weight loss. So Rhiannon founded Retrition in 2016 and it's a renowned Harley Street clinic, right? Which specialises in weight management, sports nutrition, eating disorders and pre and postnatal depression. You are also an author of four books, am I right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, and you released the Science of Nutrition in 2021, which was the Sunday Times bestseller. Woo Round of applause for you. <laughs> um, first of all, which one was your favourite one to write? That's such a good question. And, um, you know, I couldn't even believe that it made the Sunday Times bestseller list, the uh, Science of Nutrition, because I released it at Christmas, that time when all the kind of diet books come out. Okay. And the fact that people actually wanted an encyclopedia of nutrition. So I have to say... My first book will always be special to me, Renourished, back in 2017. But the science of nutrition has the edge. <laughs> yeah, because it's like that's topped everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's amazing. And I think even though, I mean, during Christmas time, it's funny, isn't it? Because we all just absolutely stuff ourselves full of turkey and stuffing and all that. But we also are always thinking about the nutrition that comes in January. So I think it's actually very smart that you brought it up at that time. Thanks. Well, do you know, I wasn't actually that keen. The publishers were like, oh, no, I think it will make um, it might break through all the noise in January, because a lot of people obviously that classic time of year where it comes out are looking for a solution. And I think the key is definitely education. You know, if we learn, we learn more, then we can make choices for ourselves rather than having to rely on diets that, to be honest, it's not us that fail. It's the diets that fail people because they, they're not bespoke to us individuals. So well, yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased. I've actually screenshotted one of your quotes which is oh <laughs> exactly what you've just said there so i love that you said that it's kind of the same our bodies really are as as unique as our personalities, personalities. so yes. each of us should strive to find a way of eating that works for us individually and it is so true so i think just going on the science of nutrition kind of how even just reading that title for me instead of all the books that you know the fad diets that come out you know this is how you're going to lose all your christmas space in 30 days it's actually i assume educating yourself about all of it without having to do all of that crap yeah i mean it's just so important that if we have a fundamental uh, basic knowledge of how to even put food on our plate in the right way you know what the benefits are of eating balanced meals and getting your food groups in and then if we understand the fact we're from different backgrounds ethnicities different cultures eat different foods i mean one thing i loved about this book is that i got to explore all the research behind um perhaps uh, japanese diets um asian diets versus norwegian scandinavian versus what we have in the western world and the mediterranean and the most researched diets that enable us to live longer and healthily are things like those three diets, Norwegian, Mediterranean and Asian diets. So I picked all of the key points from those diets and then we kind of moved forwards in the book and explained, you know, why do we bloat? Why do we fart? What supplements <laughs> do we need? What supplements do we not need? And 
yeah, I guess it's how you guys can learn. So thank you for mentioning it, to learn about yourselves. No, absolutely. I'm going to go and buy it. So I'll let you know what I think. No, no, Gabby, I'll send it to you because you've had me on today. Thank you. Oh, thanks so much. <laughs> I would love that. So what? how would you define a healthy diet then? Would you take in all of those kind of bits and pieces from everything else and make a your own nutrition healthy diet? No, do you know what? No, I'm not trying to, you know, sell that type of, uh, you know, there's one diet that fits all. Like we As just you said, said, everyone's different. Yeah. Yeah. So, but what I would say is that the best thing you can do is look on your plate and think, where are my carbohydrates? And that can be from starchy veg. It can be from whole grains. Basically, we need a lot more fiber. And as a nation, only around 27% of us are getting our fiber a day. Half of us are reaching the amounts of fiber, well, half the amount of fiber that we need a day, which is 30 grams a day. So more carbs, more starchy veg, more color is a really key essential here. Protein, that can be, hopefully, we're trying to reduce Reduce animal produce a little bit now Mm -hmm. and we're trying to get more plant protein in which is from beans pulses legumes tofu all that kind of stuff um and then lean meats every now and again are great the problem we've got in this um western world uh gabby with our health is a lot of saturated fat which is linked to heart disease which is one of the biggest killers in the uk for women people don't realize that as well it's not just men um and a lot of saturated fat comes from red meat dairy produce animal fats essentially and so we just want to reduce those in our diet and of course you know get more of the healthy fats in which I know a lot of people talk about it's confusing and it's things like nut butters and avocados and seeds and they can be expensive so we've got to get savvy with how we cook yeah because that's what I was going to say they um when it comes to fats I think well, first of all, I just thought, oh, well, obviously it's processed foods. Obviously, it's just the crap that we get in, you know, um, takeaways and things like that. But actually, it is actually in the things like red meat and the milks and stuff as well. Stuff that you would actually consider, you wouldn't consider too bad for you, you know. But I suppose everything in little portions is okay, right? Yeah, it's everything in moderation. I mean, gosh, I'm, I'm not, you'll look at me and you'll think, oh, she's a nutritionist. I eat chocolate every single day just to put things into perspective. I have two children. I've got a one-year-old and a three-year-old. Sometimes they just eat beige the whole day. Yeah. Be really, really honest, you know, so life happens. And I think it's about what we do most of the time rather than, you know, trying to put this pressure on ourselves to be perfect all the time. Yeah. It, it does not exist, right? I mean, I know that you talk about that a lot as well and you do a lot of fitness in your world and you discuss the fact that we've all got to start somewhere. And that I think the approach of just adding something in rather than trying to think what you can restrict is a really healthy mindset. Absolutely. And that is what I was going to ask you next is in, so all of those things help you then maintain it and sustain it for a longer amount of time, right? So I feel like when you add small changes step by step and it becomes more of, what is it? 21 days to build a habit? Is that so, is that it? There's mixed research. Okay. Some people say yes. And then in terms of exposure to new foods, if we're talking about younger children and stuff as well, it's about 15 different exposures. So there's lots of different research, but 21 days is a good yeah. thing to say. As a kind of umbrella term. Yeah. But basically, the more you do something, you know, your consistency is going to get results. So is that how you would say how to maintain and sustain a healthy diet? Absolutely. Uh, I have to stress organisation is key because in today's world, you know, we're all manic with work. You're working long hours, perhaps you're doing shift work. You could be on the go. And if we're not organised, that's the first thing that lets these healthy habits go. You know, in your bag, always have like a piece of fruit or a snack that, you know, if you're hungry, you can go to. Because otherwise you end up buying alternatives that are ultra processed in terms of they will have more sugars, fats and salts in them. So organisation is key then I call it like do a kitchen detox. Now the word detox in itself has really negative connotations, but if you apply it to your kitchen and think, right, I'm going to get rid of this treat cupboard or whatever it is I have in the house. If it's <laughs> treat drawer, I've got one of them, sorry. See, no, but we all do. This is the thing, our parents have it and you probably have memories from childhood of oh, yeah. every Friday night. There you go. Every Friday night was takeaway night or every Friday night was yeah, yeah. this treat drawer. So everyone's got their relationship with food that's unique to them. So have a think about that relationship and make your kitchen a place that can break it. Move the drawer to a different place in the cupboard. I know it sounds crazy, but it's all psychological. Then try and make sure that you've got loads of pulses and dried goods and cans. People demonize canned food. You know, cans of chickpeas and pulses are actually Mm. really cheap, cost effective, good protein and really good for you if they're not canned in extra sugars and things. Mm -hmm. So it's about organizing your life, organizing your kitchen and maybe batch cooking at the weekend and freezing it because then you don't have to worry about it. You know what? One thing that I really struggle with is being organized. So that is a really good tip. And I mean, I think with my food, I'm actually, it's one thing that I'm actually quite good at. So 
at the beginning of the week, I'll go and do a big food shop and I'll kind of plan what I'm going to have each week. Because if I don't do that, I end up buying a Nando's. And guys, right. it's like well, 80 quid every time you buy an Nando's because chicken is apparently so expensive these days. Yeah, you're not alone, Gabby. So do you know the supermarkets are designed to trick us, first of all? So they are designed that if you are cooking from scratch and you've made a list, you will be going forwards, backwards, forwards, backwards around the whole supermarket because it's not laid out to help us as consumers. It's laid out in a specific way to catch you no the minute you go way. in. And if you don't have a list, yeah, you will be going for things that you didn't actually expect yeah. to. And there's market research on this. It's really interesting. That is really interesting because I wonder why I do about 20,000 steps every time I go to Tesco. <laughs> um, so it's it's true though because if I plan ahead with my meals, I know exactly what I'm going in when I get it. And um, it's kind of... I don't meal prep as such. Only I'll, uh, I'll only meal prep if I know that I really don't have time to cook that week. So I just try to plan ahead with what I'm going to have each day. And you know what? I think, I mean, I I love trying new recipes and I love watching things on Instagram. You know, people do all these beautiful meals and things like that. But I also think in reality, I pretty much eat very similar stuff from week to week because A, yeah. I know how to cook it. I know what the nutritional value is of it. And it just makes my life a hell of a lot easier. Yeah. Don't, don't so you agree? Completely. Yeah. I mean, if you've got your staples, then the one challenge um, to anyone that's at Gabby's level listening that is at the point where I'm pretty organized. Like if, you know, I know what my basic go-to meals are, mm. try and add one more fruit or veg to each of that just to add a bit more diversity because it's good for our gut yeah. bacteria. Um, there's research now that the more variety we get, the better for our health. But I think that's amazing you're at that point because I think a lot of listeners will be like, I don't even know where to start. Things cost so much today. I feel yeah. overwhelmed and you telling me to get organized. It's all very well. So we've got to start one step at a time. And I know it sounds patronizing, but honestly, if the one thing you did was just eat an apple as a snack instead of a chocolate bar one day, yeah. you've saved yourself a pound or two and you've done something good for your health. So let's start small and then work our way up. Yeah, just making substitutions where you can. Yeah. I love that. Okay, so speaking of the red meat that we did what do you think about your um the carnivore and keto diets um that so it's actually the last time i discussed uh carnivore diets online i was trolled very heavily um i discussed okay should we not talk about that <laughs> no it's fine it's, fine. Oh, it it's a few years bloody ago. internet there's always someone that disagrees with you i know and um, look ultimately um it makes sense, evolutionarily speaking, that we get fiber in because that's what creates our poo, just being crude and just putting it out there. We need bulk to make healthy stools. And it's there's research that suggests the more frequent and if we're going a good amount of time a week on the toilet, your bowels are good, you're going to mm. have a reduced risk of bowel cancer, you're going to be very healthy, less constipation. Um, less digestive concerns and then a happier brain as a result because gut health is linked to our mood. Isn't it crazy how everything is connected? It's so, I love it. Every little thing we do, like our body is like a wheel, you know, we've got all these different cogs of things that join up, how hydrated we are. People often don't realise that mood is also influenced by water intake. So water, it's not just about being dehydrated and having poor concentration, it, it influences our mood, how we feel day to day. So the carnival diet eliminates um, pretty much everything. And people are advocates of saying we just eat meat all the time. And yes, meat is nutritious. However, we now have a problem where environmentally that's not sustainable. Mm. Ethically, there's arguments there too, but I won't go into those. That's lifestyle choice. Um, then we've, we're also looking at the fact that uh, meat does not contain the fiber we need and it contains those high levels of saturated fat, which are bad for our arteries. Mm -hmm. So the damage long term is what you don't see. You see a lot of people that promote it that short term are seeing the results and they're not constantly measuring. Now, there'll always be anomalies to this because we're all unique. Some people may thrive off a lower fiber diet, but most people, I would not recommend it at all probably going to be very devoid of nutrients and keto is similar but it allows a smaller amount of carbohydrates in there so um as a brief overview yeah i've never I really been interested in the keto yeah. diet because there's no carbs and i just love carbs yeah um <laughs> you know you can get a keto rash i learned this on a podcast i did the other week yeah if you drop your carbs low some people get skin conditions because of the lack of carbohydrates and glucose and it's called a keto rash guys just eat the pasta okay just yeah. eat the bloody pasta and <laughs> um, make it brown in small amounts but, but you know what <laughs> so i am i am a what would you say i i basically do this on my instagram i ask people to eat more protein or to just have supplement protein and stuff because i do know a lot of people that don't get enough protein in their diet because of they're either vegetarian or they just don't know, they don't base their meal around protein. So 
I think what I'm trying to say is here, there's like there's the balance between not being so heavily protein based that all you do is eat meat all day every day, but then also you do need it enough in your diet. So to for muscle mass, for bone density, for all of the good things that it does do as well. Do you think that protein is pushed more on us now for a is it's like a weight loss kind of thing? rather than yes. for the right reasons? Yeah, good, really good question. And for, I think there's huge misconceptions that A, you can't get enough on a vegan or vegetarian diet because you can. Um, you just need to know about it. The problem is most people aren't educated on where to get it from yeah. if they suddenly cut a food group out like animal produce. But the myth is that proteins become a health halo. You know, people are putting it on all sorts of products because people view it as equaling health yeah and that's not true you're right we do need it and actually women especially need to be very conscious of protein intake as we age as well because of our muscle mass declining and the increased risk of course of osteoporosis with our bone health and calcium levels as we lose a lot as we age essentially but um for most people just try and have a piece of protein with and that could be tofu tempeh like i said beans baked beans if that's a basic in your house get the lower sugar version i love that's baked protein. beans beans on toast have, can't beat it yeah <laughs> it's a classic it's a classic you can't go wrong but try and have it at breakfast lunch and dinner some protein and you definitely probably are going to be getting enough but yeah it does not equal weight loss it's the overall diet and also the quality it's not just about calories it's about the type of food you consume consistently Speaking about those takeaways that you mentioned before, do you ever have takeaways? What are your thoughts on them? Do you really think they are super damaging if you're trying to lose weight? I actually spoke about this on my Instagram on Sunday. I was like, if you're going to have a takeaway on the weekend, fine. But plan it into your week, as I said. If you are looking at calories or macros, you know, here and there, like if you're going to, you know, indulge on the weekend with a takeaway, then take that into account through the week and maybe just eat a little bit healthier through the week or cut out a few calories here and there if you are in a deficit. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it can be a healthy approach for some to do it that way. I think it depends how your relationship with numbers or your relationship with food can dictate the choices and the, you know, that you make but there's nothing wrong with having the odd takeaway and also now it depends where you live actually so this is a bit of a postcode lottery there are really good takeaway options now that are completely different to like 10 years ago if you asked me this question 10 years ago it would have been the standard there's an indian takeaway chinese takeaway down the road yeah. and perhaps you're italian or your burgers nowadays you can get a whole array of different options and even lighter options on menus for people that want to reduce the oil the salt um, I've got lots of clients in clinic that if they're on a body fat loss journey, you know, we just say get a paper towel and dab your pizza when it comes with a paper towel because you can reduce the, by 200 calories per se of extra oil on the surface yeah. of your pizza. I always do that. I learned that when I was yeah. like a lot younger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it exactly. is actually true. Huh. Yeah, you can. Yeah, it's true. You can enjoy your takeaways at the weekend, but just try and eat well during the week. Yeah, exactly. I'm a bit bored of this whole all or nothing approach because yeah. I've seen it fail every single time and, and with high profile clients of mine too you know I worked with Ronnie O'Sullivan who's seven times world snooker championship and we, we were talking about food and mindset and he's very all or nothing and he's very vocal about this just as much as some of the football players are about their diets but if you're all or nothing you're setting yourself up for a binge a episode you're setting yourself up for a problem it's true and I am I can say that with my chest I have done that as well you know done all sorts of diets juice diets all this stuff and then I end up absolutely losing losing my mind and just eating everything under the sun when yeah. I'm like I can't do it anymore it's an evolutionary response Gabby so like everybody that you restrict naturally your brain is going to be telling you you to get fuel fast and what's the fastest available source of energy ultra processed food sugar sweets chocolate things you are going to naturally crave partly for theory, evolutionary theory. Amazing. So one last question before I let you go and enjoy your day. If you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, gosh. I don't think, you know, technically I couldn't answer it, but because because I'm interviewing with you today, what would I answer? I would say like a roasted tray bake. Just Oh, yeah. I was going to say roast dinner. <laughs> well, no, I do love a roast dinner, but I don't think I can have it every day. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I could. I could, I could bathe in gravy. Dinner. Yeah. yeah, gravy, all the roast <laughs> potatoes. That's my death row meal. I got a roast dinner with crumble. Oh, yeah. Got to have the crumble or a sticky toffee pudding. Thank you so much, Rhiannon, for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and I've learned so much. I'm definitely, definitely send me a book or I'll go and buy it and I will have a look at your other ones as well. And anyone else that wants to have a look, her name is Rhiannon Lambert or Retrition on Instagram. And yeah, hopefully I'll see you in person soon. 
Now it's time to answer some of your fitness questions. If you want to get involved, you can DM us at what the health show on Instagram. Send us over all your juicy questions and I will try and get back to you with all my top tips and all my guidance and help you to overcome what it is that you are asking. Okay, so we're going to start off with Jessica who asks, 2024 is going to be my year to get fit. Yes, girl, I love that. In the past, I've tried to set up a gym routine but seem to fail by week two. Do you have any tips for staying motivated? I cannot tell you how many times I get asked this question. It's a good question, but I feel like all of us, no matter where you come from, struggle with motivation in some way, shape or form. So I think the first thing to touch on is motivation comes and goes, right? There are days that you wake up and you're like, like you said, 2024 is going to be my year to get fit. And then tomorrow you might be like, oh, I've got doms. I can't do this. Don't want to go for a run. I don't want to do it. But it's about finding discipline. And I think that is the main thing that everybody falls off the bandwagon at some point. It's about going when you don't want to go, when you're tired, when you're miserable, it's cold outside, you've broken up with your fella, or, <laughs> you know, you're hungover. There's all these different things that can contribute to you not wanting to go, but it's just finding the motivation and not motivation, the discipline to go. And once you kind of get into the routine of pushing past those boundaries and finding it within you to just get it done, that's when you it becomes more of a like second nature to you and almost like if you don't train then you're like you feel like you're missing something in your life so that's what i would say find the discipline and then motivation comes afterwards but two tip, two top tips that i would say is find in your day a set time that you work out right so whether that's at 7am every morning before you go to work because you know that that's the only time during the week that you can definitely, definitely train. Don't be like, oh, maybe one day I can do a 7am in the morning and then one day I could do a lunchtime. Find a time in your day, most days, that works for you and you know that you can get up and get it done because that is going to create routine. It's going to create, as you said, um, consistency, discipline and it means that it's just done it's out the way and it also sets the tone for the rest of the day and that is something that I always say to my members as well of shape up hold yourself accountable you know it if that's the first thing that you're meant to do every day then it makes you feel accomplished before 8 a.m and then the rest of the day you're like yes my nutrition is going to be on point now because I've just trained so obviously I'm going to eat something that's going to benefit my workout that I did this morning I'm going to whack up that pro- uh, protein I'm going to get my water in These are the kind of, it's a thought process that happens once your endorphins are released. It's just a positive domino effect. So that's that. And also talking about accountability. This is another top tip of mine. I think that if you, if you find it struggle to find motivation to go or hold yourself accountable, find a trainer that can do that for you. Someone like me that can track your, track, track your progress, monitor your goal setting and help you work towards those goals or if you think that you can do it yourself get yourself a notepad and pen and make a workout diary log your workouts log your moods track your nutrition and make it something that you do something as i said so it becomes second nature and that is going to keep you accountable so then in a month's time you can look back and go you know what that day that i didn't work out that's when my mood was really low and that day that i did work out that's when i felt amazing and i got that job promotion and all these positive things happened so you can revert back to and that's going to hopefully give you a bit more encouragement to keep going so i hope that helps jessica there's a lot of information there but you know you can do it you just gotta how much do you want it ask yourself that how much do you want it that is you know that should be what you say to yourself every day do i want it more than i want the cake yes there you go okay so then tony asks me i have been going to the gym for the past six months and i've started to gain some muscle But I spend most of my sessions comparing myself to other men and feeling shit because they seem so much stronger. How do I stop thinking this way? Right, Tony. These men that you're looking at have also been you. Everybody has to start somewhere. You know, unless, unless they've just, like, blown up overnight, like, lucky them, everybody has to start smaller and and gradually work their way up it is just part of the process and try to enjoy the process look at these people instead of comparing yourself being like I want to be like him why am I not like him look at them for inspiration and motivation knowing that if that's how you want to be if you stay consistent if you stay disciplined and if you stay 
stick to the plan, stick to the motherfucking plan, then you will be like those people in the long run. It's just about the process. And you know what? Nothing comes by without hard work. And when you do get there, you're going to be so proud of yourself. And you'll be like, remember that time that I was looking at those people wanting to be like them and now I am that person. And there'll be someone else looking at you like that as well. So just try and enjoy the process. Keep doing what you're doing because it will be so worth it in the end. Promise you that. Let me know in six months time how you're feeling and how much you've grown and how proud you are of yourself. And I can't wait to hear about your progress. And on that note, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's show. What a show it was. I've had an amazing time speaking to our guests. Can't wait for next week now. Make sure, as I said earlier, go and follow us on What The Health Show on Instagram. We will be giving you all the best best bits for each week and be telling you what we're, who we're meeting in the next week. And of course, join us on the show every Tuesday at 1pm. And the show will be available to listen to if you can't make 1pm on all other podcast platforms. So thank you for joining me today. And I hope that I will see you next week again. Lots of love. See you soon.